Hafiday, welcome to a new episode of Real Talk. Uh, I am your host, Ken Sinicles. I'm joined by Jason and Uncle Ken. We're here in the studios, just the three of us, to talk about a new movie. It's been out, what, a week and a half, two weeks? Is it okay if I laugh maniacally during this podcast? You can do whatever you want. But we are going to talk about Joker, the new origin film about the DC villain. Like, laugh disturbingly obnoxiously. Is his name really Arthur Fleck? Arthur Fleck. Not a, well, I mean, in, in the comic books, Joker actually has, like, there's, like, five or six different al- alternative storylines. But this one this one did not observe any ca- any DC canon. This was, like, to- director Todd Phillips, who also co-wrote the movie, just said, we're just going to do something that we feel is, is a proper origin story. So, if you've never listened to Real Talk and this is your first uh, episode, I want to warn you that this is the spoiler, Real Talk spoiler type of episode, and we're only going to talk, and usually we talk about uh, our favorite um, directors or actors or actresses, and we discuss their filmography and things we liked or, you know, their traits um, that we liked about the actors themselves, but this episode is fully on the new Joker movie, and it is spoiler-ridden. So if you haven't watched it, then you need to go watch it at Tango Theaters. Um, get yourself the $5 deal. It comes with a big drink and uh, popcorn, refillable cups, right? So I, that's I, the cheapest you're ever okay. going to get popcorn and a drink. Let me Partner, I'm going right to agree now. with you on, on the first half of that. Yes, make sure you get the you get the deal because it is a heck of a bargain. It's, it's great value if you go to the movies. But I would say do not ingest any kind of beverage because you do not want to have a pee break in this movie because every single second of this movie there is valuable information that is being given to you and you don't want to miss a frame of video you know what jace usually you never that movie was really really good i you know and this is where we talk about it i really really loved it you really really did not like it yeah you know yeah so let's let's get to it right i mean (laughs) right out the gate this is an origin. Oh, Uncle, Uncle Kim, do you want to be in here for this? Yes, I do. This is an origin film, right? So it's really like how the character of Joker got created, like what the man or person behind the you know villain had to go through in order to become what he is, right? And uh, who's the director? What's the guy's name? Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, who's like what um, Martin Scorsese. He, he's, a, he's a protege of Martin Scorsese, and and criticized criticized him and said you know what really made you great over the last three decades you haven't done in the last two decades and you know i want to make a homage to what you taught me and i want to do my own taxi driver my own raging bull i want to do a character study on this on this you know on one of the most recognizable characters the clown prince of of crime in gotham city so and that's what it is so joaquin phoenix a great actor Awesome actor, right? Yeah, do you agree? Like, and it, this is—it—it it blows my mind how I was watching Joaquin Phoenix become the character. become this this highly demented, you know, terribly mentally ill character. And I was just thinking, man, this is the little kid from Parenthood in 1987 who hit the porno, who hit the porn, and had and had, had <laughs> in the been, Back to the Future box or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 quite enjoyed porn back then, you know, much to his mother's dismay, but. So and they, his mother had a couple battery-powered appliances of her own, which you know <laughs> they fought over. So, Joaquin Phoenix plays Arthur Fleck, who yeah. is a uh, middle-aged man who lives with his mother, and he's mentally ill, right? He suffers from well, yeah, it, it's got to be real, right? I mean, so he has a card that says like, "Forgive me, I have a mental illness. I have a condition. I have a condition where I." have uncontrollable fits of laughter so he can't control like he just laughs like if it's a sad situation or someone's talking to him or someone's angry at him he just laughs and it is beyond his control he just cannot control that laughter no, you no see him that he's grabbing his yeah because he's, he's trying about to yeah he's he, he doesn't want to laugh but he cannot stop laughing right so i mean that's his main condition and obviously in this big city where people are just brash and mean a guy who's just laughing at you just only seems to only infuriate most of the people, right? So he's a friendly guy. He tries to, you know, make kids laugh, but he can't because, you know, the parents are like, stop talking to my kid. And, you know, when he starts laughing. Oh, well, first, first of all, it's it's an interesting dichotomy that Todd Phillips has painted because you've got this guy who, who means well, wants to bring joy into yes. people's lives. And he the environment in which 
he lives is like completely depraved. I mean, you know, people are just assholes to each other and like the city's falling apart and you know, I mean it it looks dingy, you know, it it's 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 dank and it's it's just it's I mean the way the place. really way they Mogadishu was like, you know, was the Garden of Eden compared to this place. No, really the way they paint Gotham is kind of uh it is dark, right? It's just like a crime or just I, I they don't even allude to there being a lot of crime in Gotham at that point. They just uh, a, paint a picture of like a lot of people being very unhappy and unsatisfied with. It's right lives. on the cusp of being post-apocalyptic. No, <laughs> it's not post-apocalyptic. What? No, it's well, not post-apocalyptic. Well, the, the apocalypse technically is about to happen when. Eh, you know, I, mean, I guess. But anyway, so yeah, so he's this guy who has mental illness and he wants to be a comedian, and he's just bullied all the time. And finally, he's bullied on a train while he's in his clown outfit, right? Uh, and you know he has a gun and he shoots these three um, Wall Street jackasses. Wall Street guys uh, and kills them. Pri- privilege, right? you know, he just snaps and he just kills these three guys. Got them at a Wall Street. Yeah, well, that, that's what's like. like a, why, well, why they work for Wayne Industries. Just say New York already. I mean, yeah. I get it. It's yeah. in the DC universe, but it's yeah. like I, I bought into the whole thing. Okay, well, it's got them and everything. But when they said Wall Street, I was like, wait a minute. And and then they worked for Wayne. Uh, Enterprises or whatever it's called, right? Yeah, they were like hedge so, fund managers or. And in this timeline, this is before uh, Thomas Wayne died, Bruce Wayne, uh, Batman's dad, before Batman died. So Bruce Wayne is actually just a kid in the movie, right? Which you know is a took some took some you know generous uh, alterations of the source material, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So the, throughout the movie. It's just a culmination of all of this, like, bullying and meanness and pressure and a lack of empathy and the willingness for anyone to communicate with this guy. Is it like, is it like what we're reading in the headlines, like, right now? It can What's be. What's happening over in New York and in L.A.? Okay, and, and for that reason, it can ben, be. you said this is what you did not like about the movie because you don't like when you go to to receive entertainment, you don't like somebody's view on on current events being rammed down your throat. It depends. I, you I know. Mean, obviously, it's, a so, it's poignant social commentary on mental illness, on gun control, on white privilege, on, mm-hmm. um, on poverty. Yeah. On a whole bunch of things and everything. And, and it's easy to... I mean, I, I deliberately tuned that out because I was just so in love with the way the movie was shot. I mean, I don't mind it. Like, I, like if the film calls for it, then, then I think that's... You know it's okay, but this is—it's the Joker. Like, is this really? And I just want because it's an existing character. I'm a purist. I want it to be accurate to the source material, even if the context of the source material uh, is aged, right? Which is what the comic is, right? It's a aged, you know, look at the culture and context at that time, right? And you know, of course, Todd Phillips has kind of warped it to be more culturally relevant to what goes on now, right? And I think he does a good job of that. So, you know, I can't really hate that, but I just, it kind of turns me off. You know, I'm just kind of like, oh, great. Like, I mean, it really is a literal translation of Taxi Driver or Brett Easton Ellis's American Psycho. No, I don't, you know, no, it's not, no. I no. How does American Psycho? How can you compare? Because it's one mentally ill, one mentally ill man's interpretation of the world. But in a totally different context, right? One guy's super successful and yearns for even more success to to uh, appease his peers. Oh yeah, Arthur Fleck is not Patrick Bateman. By, oh, by he's no means. definitely not. Yeah. Right? You know, Arthur Fleck is just he's, barely keep a job and he's poor. Okay. Well, can I just say though? But, um, I do agree with you that, that, I mean, I went into this movie knowing that it was going to be a character study, and I, I was like, okay, it's going to be an origin an origin piece, and it's going to say, trace basically everything back to the moment or sequence of events that made the man snap and become Joker, and what just, like, made him lose his mind. I had that all wrong, because what I took away from this movie is Arthur Fleck 
has actually been mentally ill since he was very, very young. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been mistreated. He's been confused. He's been abused, abandoned, Mm -hmm. all these Mm -hmm. things. And maybe in the second act of the movie, he begins to go pursue the truth about who he really is. And he actually, you know, he puts in work and he begins to find out that everything that he's been told about his family, about his upbringing is basically like a lie. And the more he finds out about who he really is, Mentally, he begins to get better. He, he builds self-confidence. He is content with who he really is. And he begins to get better as he descends into madness. And that makes absolutely no sense. And that's what's so beautiful about the way the story is told. And that's one of the reasons why I really dislike the movie. Interesting. This is one of the yeah, You and reasons, I cannot agree on this. This is one of the reasons why I really dislike the movie. Because I think especially if you want to shove social commentary down people's throats advising people to fall into madness to find themselves is a poor look you know what i mean like i i know a lot of people are like well you know this is a joker movie is gonna people are gonna start going around shooting people now and you know doing all this crazy stuff because that's low-hanging fruit though i think but you know you know, you just said like you've you've already just made that claim that you know like you know this is this is a beautiful thing about this movie is that this as this guy learns more about himself, uh, he becomes more confident and more independent, um, albeit at the cost of whatever sanity he had left, which he clearly didn't have because you know this was a. F- this is a tragedy, really, right? I know. How, what, they, what does he say in the movie? It's really a comedy? Like, this is obviously I a tragedy. My, I, I always thought my life was a tragedy, but my life is really or a it's comedy. really a comedy. But, I mean, like, no, it really is a tragedy. Here is a mentally ill man who did not get the support from, uh, you know, the government or and the public and family and friends to uh, deal with his illness stop taking the medications whether it be whether it be because he just wanted to stop or because there was no more funding yeah. for it no i mean society uh, in general crapped on this guy his entire yeah. life and then that's what happened and this is what happened this is a a warning that you know to treat people and this is where i i think that the the message is different it's not that like you know go out and find yourself and then fall into this madness and at least you'll be independent and you have made your own you'll be free to make your own decisions i don't think that's what it is i think the truth is that you're a prison you're a prisoner to you know that illness right and you need the support of the government family friends to pull yourself out of that so that you can succeed and he didn't have that and because he didn't he didn't succeed so it's a message to everybody else that hey you need to treat these people as people that they're not crazy first, that they're just you know someone who has an issue, and that issue is just different than the issues that you and I have. And now here's you know the one I mean? thing that... shouldn't the, ostracize them for that. The one thing that bubbles up, because most people develop, and you know professional film critics developed really strong opinions against this movie even before it hit the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all said the movie was problematic because of that. They're like, it's encouraging you know, negative behavior, possibly it's encouraging violence, but you know... It all comes down to, you know, does art bear the responsibility of having to exhibit morals? No, it doesn't. I don't think so. It okay, doesn't. If, so. If, if you were a radio show host right now and somebody called up and said, Hi, Ken, I'd like to request uh, Michael Jackson. Would, would you be morally compromised in saying, you know, can you separate the man's art or the man's gift from the incredibly poor decisions that he's been alleged or accused of? Um, you know, I I don't know. It's I, a tough spot. I mean, it's it. it I would. I'd still play it. I mean, I don't know. And I guess you have to see where you where you lie or what the com- company's policies are, right? But because I I mean I don't believe that you know I mean it's if it, if it's art, it's trying it's it's trying to make a point possibly. It's trying to like make a message, and that shouldn't be. I mean, you know, it, your, your marching orders as a citizen in the world. Oh, it definitely isn't. It definitely isn't. And at the end, of, I and, and that's what I'm saying. Like this is this is and why you, I don't you, you like take it. Take that message away from yeah. that. You've got some problems, like Arthur Fleck does. If you literally think that this movie is trying to tell you to do one thing or the other. Yeah. Like, well, I, I don't know. Like I, I think there's a good message there, right? It's that you know people who have mental illness need support I, I think that's the main and I, I think you know in the way Joaquin Phoenix says in the movie when they finally interview him on um, Robert De Niro's uh, talk show he's like you know you see me on the bus was it Murray yeah Murray <laughs> yeah 
Murray Abrams or something. Yeah, which is which is interesting because the two films that that Todd Phillips based this on, Taxi Driver and yeah, Raging Bull, both have Robert, both De, Niro, have, yeah. have Robert De Niro. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like he says, you know, you see me on the bus and you automatically shun me like I'm not a part of society. But, you know, I am, you know, I am a part of society and you automatically write me off. Like, you know, you want nothing to do with me because I have an illness. And I think that's that's a glaring truth. Like typically, you know, outside of the people who support you. And unfortunately for Arthur Fleck in the movie, he didn't really have that support. He had a mom who may or may not have been crazy. One thing I don't really get um, is whether or not he was Thomas Wayne's son. So in the movie, the uh, the mom writes these letters to Thomas Wayne, sealed letters. And one night, uh, Arthur Fleck sees an op- unopened letter and he reads it. And no, he opens it. Right? Or he opens yeah. it, and it, you know, it says like, "Hey, Thomas Wayne, you know, technically like, committing mail fraud." But. You know, <laughs> you know, um, you. Or my son and I are living in whatever conditions, and you know, uh, please take care of my son. You know, or like you know, please answer us. You know, yeah, we my, were in love once, and we were, we were yeah. so happy. And you know, so, he's your son; he's a good boy. But so Arthur don't. Fleck, like he, this is like the the catalyst that really like pushes him. Or well, obviously killing three guys probably helped. But you know, this really pushes him over the edge, and he, um, you know, he tries to find out more about himself like if he really is thomas wayne's son so they take him to a, an asylum where his mom was uh see that's interesting how you phrase that you said i didn't mean to interrupt you but you said this is what pushes him over the edge i took away from that that was the beginning of his awakening because because he only then he began to learn the truth and he began to but he didn't learn the truth so he got that report and the report said that she made it up yeah but she was forced to sign that Right while she was being held at the asylum, so you actually never really know if he was in fact, or if she was in fact crazy, or if she was diagnosed crazy, so that they could cover up the fact that he is the son. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So which is it was, it was very ambiguous. It's, it is very there's a lot. There's a lot in this yeah. film that are, that is very ambiguous. They, yeah. They never really give resolve to a lot of stuff. And I like that because that's realistic. Yeah. I, I, setting you up for a, a sequel, maybe? I, I I would think so. I would think so. You can't just leave it like there, where it's like, okay, and the ending's pretty crazy. Of that movie, it's just like it just. Uh, well, okay, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get to the ending, and and maybe I guess I was disappointed in the ending, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, there's there's so much that's inferred, but not deliberately said. Like again, if we go back to American Psycho, at the end of that film we find out that they literally say everything that happened in the the two-hour movie that we just watched was all inside Patrick Bateman's head. And he's been sitting at dinner with, you know, like with that colleague of his like the whole time. And it's like, wow, this guy really is crazy. <laughs> he's got this delusion, this delusional world that happened completely in his own imagination. In this film, they never really say what truly may or may not have happened because it's it's highly suggested. It's never really definitively proven yeah that's i i mean that's true but i'm pretty i i i have my own theories of what was real in the movie and i mean i've, not I've seen real. a lot of criticism about this is some people are saying you know there are only four african-american people in the entire cast and three of them are civil servants there's the two social workers um the the one guy who is you know the data yeah. clerk yeah and then the girl who he fash fashions as his girlfriend well and i mean and, i and thought that was that a there's pretty like big a racist and, and you know slant to that but i was like you know that's, that's i mean twitter that's being, so crazy that's twitter being twitter that is so crazy like I, I don't see well i mean there's obviously african-american people in the movie the the main love interest is african-american like what now we have to have a quota like yeah that's what i mean that's i don't just, get you know, that that's you know, Again, criticism coming out. That, that wouldn't movie. that wouldn't be one of my complaints with the with the film. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, how do, okay? How did you feel about the the design, the production quality, and you know, you you and I both shoot video every day, like about the cinematography, because that had me okay from the very first frame of video until the very last shot until the credits start. I thought everything was you know, I mean. The titles, like the way, yeah. like you see when Joker comes up, it fills the entire yeah. screen and it's like it's masked against the opening shot. Uh, the font that they use for, you know, directed by Todd Phillips, it's very bizarre. It's not horror movie bizarre, but it's like cursives and colors and shades of yellow and things you would never see in a movie that's supposed to be dark and despondent. 
Um, it's a very unsettling contrast. Yeah. Uh, no, I like the way it's shot. I, I think that's one of the best things about the movies. And it, it, when he was, was some humor stairs, in the movie, dancing. Yeah, it was beautiful. Dude, shot. that looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks amazing. But you know, yeah. you know what really kind of like undersold or like kind of like now that I saw the uh, SNL. Oscar the Grouch. Oh, the Oscar the Grouch one, yeah. And did you see that one? That looked amazing. Like, that looked a shot for shot. Like, so I'm just like, oh, I guess, you know, if these guys could do it for Oscar the Grouch. I mean, like, for just a like, parody. I mean, it's Sunny kinda... <laughs> day, chasing the clouds. Of... I was like, oh, man, they, they, that nailed, really they nailed that. That was, uh, that was yeah. pretty awesome. But anyway, like, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I thought the cin- cinematography was good. I like a lot of the shots where they just have Joaquin Phoenix contemplating something, sitting down or thinking or just having that internal struggle. I think they really capture it well. One of the things that I really thought was stellar about the movie was Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I mean, you can tell he's really a method actor. Yeah. Like, he was re- skinny, like crazy. He was gaunt. Yeah. 52 pounds he lost, huh? That's how much he lo- fit only? 52 pounds, that's what yeah. he said. When, he was, I mean, he looks like not as bad as Christian the, Bell. But okay, when he was leaning over, like, shirtless in, in the locker room, and I was like... He looked like malnourished. I yeah, mean, it was. I, it's almost to a point where I would think there had to be CG involved to, you know, embellish that effect because there's no way. But he looked. The the only person I've ever seen like totally change their body that much is a uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, no, um, well Daniel Day Lewis is a good one too, but uh, Christian Bale in The Machinist where he was like yeah. eighty pounds and Raging Bull De Niro. It's true. So Never, yeah, again, De Niro. But I think that really, like you know, I I don't know if there was another actor who could have uh, really played the the role as well as Joaquin Phoenix did. Okay. Pre- Does this perform? Well? Okay, and regardless of how you feel about the movie or the politics, which it may or may not project, the one thing you cannot deny, even if you're a Joaquin Phoenix hater, is he was really really good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. he was um, great. That's what he said. Yeah. He was great. Do you think this now elevates Joaquin Phoenix into that upper echelon of he's one of the greatest actors of his generation? Because because now because now you're putting him. He's a good actor. Because now you're putting him into that rarefied air of who who should belong in. Okay, with his generation, right? Christian Bale. Okay, look, 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 yo, Joaquin Phoenix is not on the same level as Christian Bale. Okay, that's not even. Yeah, Leo, Christian Bale. And then others. <laughs> you know what I mean? Joaquin Phoenix with the others. He is not Christian Bale or Leo level. You mean their, their level of acting? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. I mean, he's a good actor. He's a really good actor. Better or worse than Russell Crowe? With whom he also starred Honestly, in, in maybe Gladiator. Now that time has kind of passed, 20 years since Gladiator, I would say better than Russell Crowe. I think Russell Crowe's a pretty overrated actor. I think he really was, he fit like a particular mold. He's kind of like that Australian or New Zealandish kind of look. And he's a brawny kind of man's man, you know? And I think that's the roles that he plays. I think I if, he ta- if he takes home the, um, the Best Actor Academy Award, I mean, you certainly have to at least have the conversation. He should at least be nominated for it. I know there's a lot for of sure. I, I know there's a lot of discussion about him not being nominated, or like he doesn't deserve uh, a nomination because like the Joker is not a film that should be even, uh, uh, you know, even applicable. Because some, because some people it. think it's too irresponsible. I don't know so what. If, but guys, don't punish Joaquin Phoenix and all the work he put in. And all the weight he lost, and you know, and how he threw in. I mean, is he a method actor? Do we know? He's a method. He's got to be a method guy. Look how skinny that guy is. He he was walking around like twenty four seven on. on No, I know. I remember he did it when he did that rapping thing. Like he did it for like a year where he was like, you know, he he's a he's a method actor. He got he became an alcoholic (laughs) when he tried to play uh, Walk the Line or whatever the Johnny Cash role. Yeah. So I mean, but he did not win for that. Reese Witherspoon did. Yeah, but you know, he definitely he definitely. Because, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, maybe he doesn't really deserve an actor for, or, an, uh, or he shouldn't be nominated for an Oscar for this role. But then I was trying to think of all the movies who, or the actors who had great roles this past year. And I'm like, damn, this is okay. definitely, it's got, definitely going to be one of them. Two other things stood out about this film to me when I, when I was driving away. Okay, my, my first reaction was, 
I walked out of the movie theater at Tango Theaters at the, at the mall. So I'm walking on like that little bridge on the second uh, second mm. floor. It's a wonderful afternoon because mm. I saw the Sunday matinee, and I was like, "Damn!" I think Joaquin Phoenix was in every single scene in this movie. I'm struggling to to try and think if there was a scene in the entire film that he was not part of. I mean, there are scenes that he was not a part of, like you know where Thomas Wayne dies. He was not a part of that scene, but clearly, since the story is an origin oh, story, when, him, he was in. When one of the guys scene. who's now like one of Joker's disciples walks up yeah. to the Wayne couple and like shoots yeah. him. In. I mean, but okay, that, but wait, was was that only a flashback or did no that that happened? No, no, that the, happened during the, the riot. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right. But still, I you know you're right. He, he was, was in most of the scenes. Yeah, and I, I I can't remember the last time I've actually seen an actor get that much screen time. Can't remember, but you know, like one back on this Oscar thing, like he definitely deserves at least a nomination because Shape of Water had a woman having sex with a fish you know and that got an oscar so like in terms of like well, raw Tom hanks had sex with a fish and well flash. that's kind of different but and that didn't win any oscar but but that's a glorious film so you know what i mean like no. i Wait, I, I, I really do don't two. i really don't think you know like oh, wait, there is splash two Please don't yeah, do Splash Three. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think uh, you know he should be denied the nomination. I no. think you know maybe okay. he won't win it, but he should at okay. least get the nomination. The other thing that I took when I was driving away from the theater, and this this hit me like maybe 15 minutes later, is I was like, this movie didn't shock me. It didn't scare me. It truly, truly disturbed me. I was I had this arresting feeling, and I was like, wow. The only other time I've I've been that move to just feel like it's like man i need a shower like after i saw this because of because of the atmospherics and and the subject matter was just so dark was the original texas chainsaw massacre and eight millimeter which also has joaquin phoenix i thought you were gonna say the crying game but um mm. sure well i mean th that was the shower scene in the crying game but no but re remember eight millimeter Max, yeah. he played max california again yeah. heavily involved in porn yeah, this is his favorite role. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't know. I, gosh, I like I said, like it didn't. It really left a bad taste in my mouth. The film as a whole, but I did think it was shot pretty well. I thought Joaquin Phoenix's performance was pretty good. But you know, I, I guess it's just like maybe now that since we do so many movie podcasts, I'm more of a movie prude and. You know, I'm like a movie snob. Like, I'm so mad that the guy... Your middle name is Skeptic. Yeah, yeah I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so mad that the guy said uh, that um, Martin Scorsese has kind of fallen away from what made him a legendary filmmaker. Because, I mean, Martin Scorsese won a couple of Oscars, like, in the past 10 years. So, you know... And it took him a really long time. And, you know, he went through, you know, his classic era movies. He did Goodfellas, and he didn't get it for that. And most people would say Goodfellas is probably his. Come on, man! Project. He did The Departed and Shutter Island. Yeah, here we go with Come The Departed. On. Again. <laughs> the Departed, the, probably the best top three out of Martin Scorsese's works for sure. Yeah, we got okay. We got to do a Scorsese. And look, Joker is not any Scorsese film. That's like hands down. I people are saying like Joe, and this is okay. This is why I just really don't like this movie so much. Is here we go. So many people on Facebook are like, "Oh my God, the Joker is such a good look at what's wrong with today's world." No, it blah, is blah, very blah, very polarizing. I'm just like people either really love this like, or really hate it. Since like all of a sudden now you all you people like now you want to like talk about this issue or whatever. Like, I'm just like, Ugh. but you know, hey, whatever. Props to. Todd Phillips, I guess, shining light on the issue is the first step. You know what that's I mean? That's a snowflake thing, to... though. That's that's that mm -hmm. culture. It is. It is, man. I'm. Okay. Can... So you're off your soapbox. End rant. Yeah. Okay. I'm off. End, end I'm rant. Off. Okay. Can we please talk about the la the final scene? Because I was <laughs> I was seeing on Snapchat. I was supposed to watch this on um, opening weekend. I I did not get to because I got the flu. So I watched it like a week later. Um, but a lot of the Opening. Oh, by the way, do you even want to venture a guess at what the budget was for this movie? No, I don't considering know. how well it looked, and you know they probably had to like dress up an entire city. I don't know. Uh, Eighty million. Fifty-five million. Oh wow! Wow. Which is nothing. Wow. Oh, well, it's it's a big number to you and I, but I mean, for a, a movie of yeah. that scale, yeah. fifty-five million. And I think it's already made like two hundred fifty-eight. That's crazy in the international market. 
It's one of the okay. It's definitely is it a DC movie? It is a DC movie, right? Mm, no, it's not. Oh, okay. There's a, there's another thank you for. Well, look, it is the best DC movie in years. Re- remember, like, like the the opening in thirty years, maybe like it was when the amazing. Warner Brothers logo comes up. That's the old school Warner Brothers logo. Did mm, you pick up on that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Like the the, the red and the W with the dots. I, I didn't see it at that point. I, I came in like right when the first scene was happening. Oh, okay, so. but yeah, it's 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 very right when it was getting beaten up by the kids. Also, that you missed like a good oh. Did I? Six, seven minutes, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, the opening credits. And, okay, so. Okay, so. Final scene, right? I saw so many things on, on Snapchat, on Instagram story being said about like, oh, there's this incredibly shocking final scene. It's it's really controversial. Your jaw's going to be on the floor. Every, everybody's going to be blown away. I, I watched the final scene and... Arthur Fleck is it's in the future because he's got you know he's got facial hair and his uh, his hair that was green at that point has now grown out he's got some grayness to him so apparently he's been in Arkham Asylum for mm-hmm. a, at least a little while and he's sitting with another social worker mm-hmm. um, trying to describe what he's feeling and then you know he kind of has this moment that's only funny to him and she goes you know can you tell me what the joke is and then he starts mouthing and speaking um sinatra's that's life then all you see is this great long shot of him just walking off into the horizon well, leaving you wouldn't get it though. bloody footprints says. yeah but i was like okay so he killed the psychotherapist is that what they were talking about is that the final scene that's the that final they're... scene no but is that what people are like <clears throat> saying it's jaw dropping yeah and or I... were they talking about the being on the Murray and show. then then he goes up and see that's I was like okay the fact that he shot I was like I kind of saw that coming his performance in that scene was was unbelievable yeah was Joaquin and like you know I wonder how many takes it, it took them to get that because he was really really powerful and, and okay anyway so so the man who is now Joker walks off he's leading a, a trail of bloody footprints and then when they get to the uh, the the end of the hallway they do this old school Buster Keaton, you know, Benny Hill skit where mm. he's running like yeah. back and forth yeah. and there's a guy like chasing him. I mean, yeah. it's, it's right out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon, um, meaning that he's either going to escape or he's, you know, drawing more uh, acolytes to his to what is this movement that he's created. Mm. Um, and I was like, OK. And at that point, I said, OK, that ending to me said did everything we just saw in the entire movie kind of like um, American Psycho they never really say it again it's heavily implied did all of that happen in his head because he does say at the beginning of the movie that he was hospitalized at one point and he felt a lot better when he w- when he was um, institutionalized yeah I don't I, I don't think it's in his head I think it all happened yeah because especially when he's talking to the lady uh, he's talking but about but they never say it though that's again yeah, the, I, I, the I, ambiguity I, of it it's I think it's kind of ambiguous, but I, I, I'm that. I think you're just jumping on the con, uh, the uh, conspiracy train. I think it's pretty clear that like he was ho- hospitalized in the past. You know, that's why he's on medication. That's why he fails to take medication. And if the failing to take medication is the precursor to why he becomes crazy, then you know that that explains a lot. Because they know? say that the fact that he fell in love with that that one woman that they indicate that that never really happened. Oh, that, that never happened. Yeah, and whether or not he killed her, we don't know. Yeah. So he may have killed her. Like, well, the one thing I really like about Joker is that it is a great origin story. I think it does tell a story of a villain who has gone from total mental illness to insanity, right? Like, it it tells that well. Whether that's the right story to tell for the origin of this character i don't know but it does set the scene for what i'm hoping will be an awesome batman movie whenever they get around to deciding to make the batman movie which i think is gonna be super cool i don't know like i'm hyped for whoever this joker is gonna have to you know meet up against in the future right? well it's not gonna be jared leto and he is pissed he was super angry that he was not asked to reprise his like cyberpunk joker mm. in this way he was really, really mad he didn't get asked to play that. So, yeah, Jared Leto's a good actor, too. And I would say that Jared Leto is just as good an actor as Joaquin Phoenix, for sure. And I now that we talk about that, I think he could have played the role just as well. But, you know, he just had a different take on the character, I think. And So let's talk about Jokers. We got 
uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, who won the Academy Award posthumously. Yeah, we got uh, Mark Hamill, which was in Batman the Animated Series. Okay, okay. And, okay, and there was a Snapchat story that uh, Mark Hamill's that, in a lot of animated movies. Now. Yeah, yeah. He, he was in. He's in uh, the Dark Crystal. Age of Resistance, he's really good in that. He was in uh, Metalocalypse. But, um, and a Snapchat story that Looper did. Do you subscribe to Looper? Looper's got really good content. I do. Um, they actually ra- ranked uh, all of the Jokers, and they actually ranked uh, Mark Hamill's as the number one of all time. They said Jack Nicholson was number three. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, they put Jack Nicholson as number four. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is number three. Heath Ledger is number two. And then Mark Hamill is number one. That's interesting. It's because they just they they just believe that he just breathed so much life, and he really took that character to a completely different level. I don't know, but okay. while staying true to the story, really. Oh, Heath Ledger. Definitely. Cesar Romero wasn't in there anyway, right? Cesar Romero was like number six, and Cesar yeah. Romero was from from the old from the onomatopoeia Pow, TV. Boom. Kapow! Wait, so Jared Leto yeah. was like not... Like Jared Leto was, no, like, he was like number eight or something like that. I mean, the, the number of people that have played the Joker, and this is even factoring in all the guys that have ever done the voice for like, you know, the Lego Batman mm-hmm, video game mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. and the various, you know, there's like Netflix movies and, and stuff like that. People that have actually played him in some sort of multimedia fashion. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, they had like, it was like 15 different um, different people. Man, I don't played. think Jared Leto was that bad of a Joker, to be honest. I think just the movie sucked. Yeah, no, Suicide Squad was garbage. Suicide Squad was garbage movie but I think he's Wait, are you interested in watching uh, Birds of Prey or oh, I'm sorry no have you seen the the full, yeah. the full title yeah Birds of Prey and the emancipate and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn yeah, was, yeah I'm not really excited good luck having that. that as your Twitter handle yeah I'm not excited about that I think Heath Ledger's the best Joker uh, by far I don't know maybe maybe it's just the perfect you know timing of everything it's just like the perfect director making the perfect second movie you know off the momentum of the probably considered one of the greatest batman movies until that second one did come out Mm -hmm. and then okay just taking the right direction with the role and being decent actor the ultimate question is is the joker regardless of who plays him but more pertinent to this movie is Joker a psychopath or a sociopath? Because in my view, he's not murderous, but he's got no problem in ending with ending life if he if he if that's what he has to do to achieve his goal. I don't know. I would say he kind of leans more towards the sociopathic side. I mean, you know, he's he's not trying to set the world on fire. But he just he just does things just to get a rise out of people, just to just to irritate people. I don't know because that's not even the feeling that I get with this Joker. Like he didn't, he never did anything to irritate people. I felt like I think people were just always naturally irritated with this guy who had mental illness, and they just considered him weird. And you know, the ending is just him lashing out. Okay, that's fair. And just you know, blowing a gasket like you know. Just, it's a nuclear meltdown, pretty much. And then, would you? Okay, and we we also live in the era of of the antihero, right? Uh, yeah. We you have Stone Cold Steve Austin. You have like in World of Warcraft, you can play as the humans or the orcs. I mean, it's it, it's no longer just like I have to be Hulk Hogan. You know, say your prayers, uh, eat your vitamins, and everything like that. You know, be yeah. be the good guy. You know, yeah. you can be Apollo Creed instead of Rocky if you wanted to. Um, so at the end of this of this Joker movie. Did you feel that it was more of a sad movie or it was more of like he was liberated? He's he's created this movement, he's got this this legion of followers now who are like all t- I mean granted, you know the world's falling around falling apart around him because of what he's done, but he's actually kind of like, you know, he's found his place in the world. I mean, there is closure. He is liberated, but I'm it's a tired. sad story. It, it is a very sad story. It's a warning. It is a warning. And I, I think okay, that, that's perfect. I think that's, that's what it does well. It's just like, hey, man, treat people with respect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, give some people the benefit of the doubt and, you know, just say hi or how are you doing once in a while because you never know what someone's going through or what difficulties they have. And, you know, and mental illness is a thing. Yeah. It's not, you don't, you don't have to be, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm saying this is very poor choice of words, but like they said, you don't have to be someone who like talks to trees. 
to be considered like mentally ill. You, I, I, you can suffer from PTSD these days, or you know they, they say that some people you know you you break up with a girlfriend and you know you have a severe bout of depression. You know it's it's a very wide spectrum. And it really did allude to like you know the shortcomings in today's society with those like you know the difficulty with uh, getting medication should you need it, whether or not you know the ethical uh, debate about whether or not medication is truly solving mental depression to begin with or mental illness to, to begin with. Like, I think there's a lot going on in that movie. You know what I mean? And uh, it was an interesting take, I guess. But okay. And, and now what we always do, because, of course, we both worked at Blockbuster at different times before that company went under. Um, when Joker would come out and we would have to, like, shelve Blockbuster, mm-hmm. what category would you assign to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? Because you can go in a whole bunch of different directions with this one, man. This, this so is tough, man. You can do horror movie. You can do action adventure. You can do drama. I don't know. It's so hard to categorize. I, would, I guess I would just put in an action adventure, but it's just so difficult to to categorize something like that because there's so much going on. You can do dark know. comedy. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something. There's so much going on. It's not horror, but I don't know. Okay, the ki- the killing scenes that that one killing scene in the apartment. Oh yeah, that, that's pretty, that surprised me. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be that violent. And it was pretty funny when uh, you know the other guy he let the other guy go. He's like, "Hey man, can you?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> I could. I saw that one coming. Like, yeah, when, when I, closed, exactly I was like, "All right, was like, well, great, you know, the, yeah. the little person isn't going to be able like to reach the you know." And that was so. That was scary though when he went there and he's like, he's like, "Hey man, one more thing," and then he closes the door. It's like, "Oh, dude." Yeah, that was. That was something else. Best movie of the year? No. No. Not even close. Oh. Not even close to me. Like I said, man, like I don't... Okay. That was a good movie. What would be the best movie of the year in your opinion? I don't know, but I really liked the Quentin Tarantino Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought that was really good. Better than... Okay. Better than Endgame. Let's talk about just within the scope of superhero movies. No. It's not. uh, It's the best, probably the best DC superhero movie. I'm I'm wondering if I'm forgetting anything. Well, I mean... Man, Endgame oh, better is than like, better than Aquaman for sure. One hundred percent better than better than, better than Superman versus or Justice League. Yeah, but not not as good as Endgame. I think Endgame is the pinnacle now. Like Endgame is un, just it has an unfair advantage over every other comic book movie simply because yeah because they had six hundred million exactly. dollars to play with. No, and because it was the development of twelve years worth of movies mm-hmm. to get you that character, you know investment right so it's unfair to un- because when you watch Avenger or you uh, watch Endgame you, you really aren't just experiencing the two two hour 40 minute movie you're experiencing 12 years of movies right yeah and the culmination of it right so it's unfair comparison but it's the top and then I would say the Dark Knight is a close second and I think Christopher Nolan's series the three movies is probably one of the best trilogies uh ever and it's gonna stay up there and i think joker would be somewhere in the middle of all the other marvel movies black okay. panther I, I, yeah I, I would probably wolverine say, origins maybe better than wolverine origins you know as far as this year much. endgame is probably going to be like the movie the movie of the year regardless of what like the academy thinks um but i i would say that probably todd phillips's joker is going to be studied way more intensely by in film study classes for for a couple decades because he did some stuff in this film that were what other movies has he done Todd Phillips <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head it's not a look Joker's a good movie it's actually I, I mean and the, it, the ironic pretty, thing about this movie is it really doesn't really say anything in particular it says a lot I just whether or not it needed to be said is a different, different question but it does yeah. say a lot like you know it, it is a look at mental illness you know what i mean i think and i think that's really one of the biggest things about the film is who cares about the character the joker what he is like you know that that joker is nowhere near as iconic as heath ledger's joker in my opinion like i think heath ledger's joker was just like pure chaos and evil and more in line with what that character is supposed to be you know because at that point he already was the joker for for a very long time but like Okay. No, no, he was never the Joker. It was just the first movie. Well, here's but. here's my my, fi- my final question to you as someone who you know takes note of these things. We both agree that the movie was highly disturbing. It was. What was the most disturbing moment for you? 
There were many. But what what actually can you not unsee right now in your mind's eye, or what just kind of like forced you to shift in your seat when you were watching it at the theater? Uh, I don't know. Because I'll, I'll tell you mine while you think about it. It's when Arthur Fleck is talking to Bruce Wayne, and the, it's shot so smartly because he goes there and you see him like put his arms around like his head. And then he's doing something, but the camera stays in the back of Bruce Wayne's like head. So I was like, Wait, what is he doing? And then they cut to like the other side, and he's got his fingers in his mouth doing the thing with like the smile. And I was like, you know, we're coming off of you know the Michael Jackson documentary, the R. Kelly documentary again. Okay, so maybe maybe to your point, maybe you know this is more of a of of a social narrative than I give it credit for. Uh, uh, see, I don't. I don't know if that was what he was. But no, but it's just so disturbing. It's like he doesn't even know this kid, and Bruce Wayne doesn't even know him, and here he is reaching through a gate and making physical contact with this kid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I, I the only thing that I can really so think of unsettling. is when is when uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in the house and he's watching the TV and he's like, you know, got no shirt on. He's you know, like gravely thin. Like that's all I can really think about. And I maybe Dude, that he's says got something no about the movie. I really don't feel that it was that impactful. Like you know, it's, it was a good movie. It was cool. It's just it ain't anything that Martin Scorsese ever done. I'm not coming out of theater like like man, that was such an awesome movie. Like that was such a clever movie. Or you know, I don't know maybe maybe that's the thing. When he when he tried hiding in the refrigerator too, that was really bizarre. Yeah, no, but that is like. See, and that's what it, see that is something I liked about the movie, like how they portrayed mental illness, like what it feels, you know, assume oh, okay. what it feels to be like that He's, alone. The, you know what I mean? His only view of the world is through this viewport of his apartment. Yeah. And now he's he's trying to hide even more. Yeah. He's he's withdrawing. He, no, he likes being cold. Right? He wants to be in there like you know that's, wow, that's deep you know which that's is deep. like that's what i like but you know i don't know overall I, I suggest watch the joker i think it's pretty cool but just kind of have an open mind to it and don't come out of the theater and post it on facebook how it's like the best movie ever because you're crazy you know okay this is episode i think 57 for us like in the two seasons we've been doing this you have only actually said one movie has been like bad best movie ever what and that was endgame yeah, did I? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm a pretty harsh critic, I think. But Endgame was all, like, might be best movie ever. <laughs> so, like, and I'm not even, like, honestly, I'm not even a big fan of superhero movies, to be honest. I don't think they're my favorite genre of movie. But Endgame was... This one blew, this one blew me away, though. I, was, I, I really, really enjoyed Joker. I just think it, the, the, the vehicle of storytelling was just at next level. You don't see movies told like this very very often and for that reason i really appreciate it man you know like now that i think about it more i i just don't know how they could have made a movie about the joker and it would have satisfied uh me i guess as much as the way this movie did you know because even though i don't like the cultural commentary I thought it was a good movie overall. Like I thought it was pretty good. Like you know, and I, 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 you know, I liked a lot of it. You know, but some of it was just a little too much. I think. I don't know. You guys gotta watch it. I'm kidding. You gotta go watch it. I gotta go yeah. and watch that because. <laughs> oh, by the way, now that you know everything yeah, in the wow, movie, and that's how it is. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff that happens in the movie. How you could just like flip and say, "Nah, I didn't enjoy the movie," and then you say, "Wow, this is a real, it's a good movie and stuff like this." So obviously it did something to you where you yeah, make no, you I, think and uh, it did the same thing to Jason um, you know I, I was reading some of the reviews on that uh, uh, that spoiler alert kind of thing but uh, man I gotta watch this movie it's well uh, shot entertainment value for it maybe if you're into the movies you want to go there and get entertained uh, entertainment does not stop at just you going and having a good time watching the girls dance and, and you know uh, happy ending all the time. Well, I think one thing that, that this podcast has proven, though, is this movie does make you think. 
Yeah, well, you know, this, whether, this whether you're I'm on board at, or not, you are you are going yeah. to you are going to contemplate like some of the the ideas it puts out. But you're two of the smartest people that I know, and it's almost like you guys are always conflicting as to uh, uh, the movies that you guys are reviewing. So that in itself, you should listen to this podcast and go and watch that dang movie. I'm I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one is a like this is so hard. Like, maybe that's a sign of a really good movie when you know. You really don't know what to think about because I, I, it was hard for me to really, I, because it is a good movie, but it is not a superhero movie. <laughs> you know, it's not even a super villain movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is this isn't Venom. No, but it is an origin story of a character, and it sets the groundwork for something else. Like, uh, what is that movie? The M Night Shyamalan movie, uh, Split. Yeah, Split is pretty much what the Joker was supposed like they're the engines that get you to this main villain right like in Split the James McAvoy was the mm-hmm. villain and you know in the follow up movie that was in Glass that was the final right but uh you know so I'm hoping that this is just a teaser like that really long introduction to the development of this new Gotham universe and that eventually now that we've seen the villain now that we've seen where the villain came from we're gonna see something hopeful right we're gonna see batman right that's what i'm most excited about like i don't even care about the character of joker I don't, you know like all this stuff he went through is sad was joker like in the in the comic books was joker that much older than batman no that's what that's what's surprising me. oh because so, he, he's got at least 25 years on so him, here's the think. thing if this guy wasn't a superhero or a, a villain that we already knew I would have thought that this was an amazing movie. I was about to ask you that. Okay. Oh, what if they like change the name of the movie, for example? Exactly. Like, you know, and maybe if it wasn't just like a clown, you yeah. know, like, I yeah. mean, maybe. What, what if it was a different. I would of, have. I would say that's pretty, um, yeah. a pretty good movie. So you were expecting something else based on. 100%. The Joker. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. And, I, and then that's just me. I'm curious. You know, you got to say kind of, kind of resemble the source material. And I guess it kind of does, but. You know, like if it wasn't a joke, like a superhero movie, because it's not really a superhero movie at all. Not kind at of all. like a drama, like a tragic that's why I was, drama. That's why I was saying, yeah. like, I, I was really challenged to actually say, how would I actually classify this yeah. movie? I mean, it's like bullying. This is like a bullying movie, like a, you know, on a Columbine movie or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. just like, here's a guy, he's pushed to the edge. And this is what happens when he, he gets no help. You know, he cries for help, no help. Boom, this is... This is the outcome, right? He has that dialogue, that back and forth with uh, with De Niro, and he's saying he's he's like, oh, you know, you know, I I need help. You know, you've made something of your life, and even even on Thomas Wayne is is a supreme jackass. Yeah. When he says that, he goes, oh, so th- those of us who have made something of our lives, you know, you guys are just clowns. I mean, you know, I get it. In that <laughs> moment, he was trying to make like a public relations statement, and he was trying to like you know, yeah. do something. But I mean, it it really speaks to elitism. And a, yeah. and a caste system in society. The top two percent, yes. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've run a little long here, so we are going to end this up. But you should go check out the Joker, though. Yes. Like definitely. regardless of where I, I feel movie. on it or where Jason is on it, I, it is worth watching. Like I, I personally, you know, I'm split on it, right? Like I, like a lot of I like a lot of elements of it, but I also dislike a lot of it. Not me, <laughs> my friend. I was like, I, I, I like everything about this movie. Oh, there you go. Jason's number one fanboy. But then again, Jason doesn't watch that many movies. So check it out. Remember, go to Tango Theaters. Get your $5 combo cup, right? It has popcorn and drink, right? And it's a refillable thing. You can bring it all the time. Fill up your popcorn. Fill up your your drink for $5. Good deal. Check it out. We'll see you guys next time. Happy Happy movie. movie.